Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Kelly Knight. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks, Henry. Great to be here. Is looking forward to this conversation. We're going to talk about EOS, the Entrepreneur Operating System, because whether you are an established small business in need of that infrastructure to support your growth, or you're planning to start your first business, on this episode, Kelly and I are going to discuss a methodology and a platform that's been implemented by tens of thousands of businesses and business leaders worldwide, and that's the Entrepreneurial Operating System, or EOS. You may have heard of it. You may have heard of Gino Wickman was one of the founders of this, and we'll chat about that. But if you want to receive more information about the Howa business, including the show notes page for this episode, or to schedule a free coaching consultation with me, you can just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 772-837-5700, or visit thehowabusiness.com. Let me tell you a little bit more briefly about Kelly. Kelly Knight is president and integrator of EOS Worldwide, the EOS platform which is also known as the Entrepreneur Operating System, is a complete set of simple concepts and practical tools to help entrepreneurs achieve success while maintaining a healthy, functional mindset. I have a couple of different clients that have implemented EOS, and so I'm a, I'm a big believer in it. And as we'll get into a little bit more detail later, I'm also what's called an eLeap collaborator, eLeap collaborator, and I'll explain what that is in a moment. But uh, before joining EOS Worldwide in 2016, Kelly enjoyed a successful career in the financial services and investing industry. Kelly lives in the Detroit, Michigan area. So once again, Kelly Knight, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Henry. Nice to see you here. Absolutely. Great to connect with you and uh, have this opportunity to converse. I'm I'm curious, I, I didn't put this in the list of questions, but why did you decide to join EOS? Ah, yes. Well, as you said, I came from the financial services industry um, for 20 years and had done sort of everything I had come to do. And one day, quite literally was sitting at my desk thinking, I don't feel like I'm making a meaningful impact in the world, that there's more for me to be done. And so I sort of spoke to the universe, Henry, and said, I am (laughs) open to anything that will come my way. And six weeks later, got a call from a recruiter and took it from there. And here I am today. So uh, it just really, really appealed to me, the mission-driven nature of EOS and how truly what we do, our implementers, um, how we change the world, just one little step at a time using a simple, practical set of tools that make it easier for entrepreneurs everywhere around the world um, to live their best, their most ideal life. Yeah, definitely impactful. Had you heard of EOS before you, they got on your radar with the interviews? I had heard of it. I had ironically read the book Rocket Fuel, but had not read our flagship book, Traction, Mm -hmm. um, and had not worked with an implementer, had not really, even though I'm in the Detroit area where it all stemmed from, Gina Wickman Mm -hmm. started here. um, It was not part of my, you know, not part of my world. And so for me, it was was quite brand new, but um, just so surprising and refreshing to see a community of implementers and end users everywhere that speak the same common language and believe the same things. And there's a cultural feel to what we do. And, um, and that's what really was inspiring to me. Yeah. And of course it's all, it's always infused initially anyway, 
by Gino and his integrity and his approach to business, which is, you know, above reproach, uh, traction. You, yeah. You mentioned traction. That was the first book that I read related to EOS and it's so impactful. It is, it's right up in the top five books. That's always recommended. I've been asking that question for five years now. Right. And that's one of the top books for obvious reason. I've read it several times. It's one of those right. books for me that, that sits on my desk here and that I use almost as a reference tool sometimes. Right. Well, and, and interestingly, we literally one week ago crossed the 1 million mark wow. of traction books, just that one singular book. And we have a traction library of, that includes other books, but sort of a milestone for us and what uh, Gina Wickman and Don Tinney had started so many years ago. And so uh, pretty neat to celebrate that. Yeah, of course, then the most recent book I have from Gino, which is separate from EOS Worldwide, we'll explain that here in a moment, is Entrepreneurial Leap. That's, as I had mentioned before, how I came to become an eLeap collaborator. And then that's uh, Gino's new passion project, as he would put it, I think, and, and helping people identify if they really are cut out to be entrepreneurs. That's and so right. Very involved in that project. But explain briefly, you know, Gino was one of the founders. He has since now not retired, but phased out from day to day at EOS, if I understand it correctly. Sure. Well, so much has happened. Um, it was about uh, a little over three years ago. Uh, actually, Gino has sold EOS Worldwide to um, our current owners, um, and that's the Firefly Group. But, but Gino is the founder, the creator, the everything of EOS. Um, and it was in 2008 that it was officially incorporated, and he partnered with Don Tinney, his business partner. So Gino serves as the visionary, or at the time, the visionary, and his business partner, Don Tinney, is the integrator. So that's that uh, visionary integrator dynamic duo, and the two of them forged, you know, put forces together and grew EOS to what it is today, which is over 400 EOS implementers professionally trained all over the world with an online training platform for those that want to learn more about EOS and of course the library of books and um, you know 14,000 companies running on EOS with the aid of a, a professional implementer. So it's come a long way. And then mm -hmm. in the last few years since Gino sold the company, he's still a certified EOS implementer serving clients as he's also launched Entrepreneurial Leap. Um, but today, Mark O'Donnell is the new visionary, my business partner here at EOS. And some of the things that we're working on is just taking EOS to the world through an end-to-end -end digital platform that we're calling EOS One that will be made available mid next year, 2022. And just really making sure that we can perpetuate this dream that Gino and Don had had so many years ago is just making a meaningful impact in the lives of entrepreneurs who have the ups and downs of starting businesses and having successes, but then having failures and having a steady, consistent, practical set of tools to help guide that process. And so um, we want to perpetuate his dream forever. Yep. And the two is speaking of the tools, I just got off a call with my client that is an EOS user and the, the tools are so critical that like the traction tool, for example, is such an effective tool to help keep a meeting on track of nothing else. And right. this particular client uses the traction tools very effectively for that. Yeah, absolutely. We have got two licensed software providers in, in the marketplace and we'll be introducing ours next year. And so we celebrate uh, whatever works best for you, but, but following a, an operating system, EOS is just one of them out in the world, um, just gives you that reliability and that consistency for you and your team to have 
those meetings every week that drive the, the organization and the company forward. So it's great to hear that they use the tools. Yeah. Right, just to close up on that point, if you're interested in my conversation that I had with Gina Wickman, that's episode 339 of the How of Business. That conversation was focused, though, as we just discussed on his new passion, which is the entre- entrepreneurial leap and that book. So that's episode 339. I, let me give me a little bit more of you would, and then we'll dive in a little deeper as to what this thing is. We it's called we're calling it an operating system, but sometimes that can be confusing. You've touched on it. It's tools. It's an approach. It's a methodology. But tell me again, from a business owner perspective, what is this and what can it do for me? Sure. So, so EOS, what we do is we help entrepreneurs and their teams really just get what they want from their business. And we do that by helping them to implement, you know, this complete proven system with simple, practical tools that when you break it down, help companies to do three things that we call vision, traction, and healthy. So vision is from the standpoint of first getting leaders 100% on the same page with where the organization's going and how it's going to get there. Then it's about traction, helping leaders to become more disciplined, accountable, executing really well in all areas of the business um, to execute on the vision. And then finally is healthy. So meaning leaders need to become healthy and functional and cohesive um, because unfortunately leaders don't always function well as a team. So when you do those three things, we call it vision, traction, and healthy really well, using those practical, practical, simple tools, that's how um, an organization gets traction in their business. And so that's what we call an operating system different than what you might use as, you know, the inside of your computer operating <laughs> system. Right. Right. Yeah. But it, but it's, it's, yeah. So that explains it very well. I'm going to dive into that. Before I do though, generally speaking, what types of businesses, both, you know, from an industry perspective, we can take a slice of that first size, number of employees, who is this a better fit for? Sure. So EOS, you know, when we look at it, we, um, you know, are helping entrepreneurs who have between 10 and 250 employees typically, right? So small to mid-sized market. And when you look at qualitatively, the types of people that we work with, they're open-minded, respectful, appreciative, growth-oriented, frustrated, they want help, and they're willing to be open, honest, and vulnerable. Um, So those are those that we can most help. That's sort of our sweet spot, our target market. Um, they want to live their EOS life. And what we mean by that, Henry, is they, it's all about doing what you love with people you love, making a significant difference, being compensated appropriately with time left over for other passions. That's what we're driven to do, um, is to help entrepreneurs to experience that kind of life. And um, so that's our target market. We actually, uh, coming out on September 21st is the EOS Life book written by Gina Wickman. So that's the last EOS uh, book that he's written. And that really speaks to to that. It's sort of like all the books, Traction and How to Be a Great Boss and Get a Grip and all of those other books in the Traction Library are really the how, but the why uh, entrepreneurs do what they do is really spelled out in the EOS Life book. Mm. So, um, So that those five, points that I just went through are really what we're driven to help, um, help our target market to do. Um, revenue wise, is it far ranging or is there like, uh, 
I need to get to a certain number, a certain amount of revenues before this might start to make sense or what have you found? No, we, 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 at one time we did, but quite frankly, Henry, it really has to do more with the size of the organization and they're mm-hmm. having that sort of right fit feel yeah. to what, to what I've just described. So uh, it was certainly, there are times that implementers will work with companies smaller than 10 members and those that work with companies much larger than 250, but that's sort of our sweet spot. We always yeah. say if, if EOS works for an organization, that's great. Um, but that's, uh, as you describe, uh, who do we best serve? That would be who I would describe. Because yeah. the, the number of employees speaks to, well, we'll dive into it in a bit more about having the right people to put in the right seats. So you, you, it's about having these Absolutely. roles within the organization. And if you don't, if you're just a solopreneur, then a lot of this does not apply as well. That's true. And that's where Entrepreneurial Leap, Gino's book, his passion project today might be a better fit to start there. And then, you know, as a company grows, you sort of grow into EOS, so to speak. Um, Gino never designed it that way, uh, but that is actually, you know, how we now see it. So it's, it's pretty exciting to still be aligned with Gino, have a part of our community and see how we can help budding uh, entrepreneurs in the making, then kind of reach the point where EOS can be helpful, most helpful. Mm-hmm. You talk about, you may have mentioned it certainly in the literature about helping business owners, quote, stay motivated and keeping a positive attitude during entrepreneurship. And the way I interpret that, you've touched on it already, is that what happens to so many entrepreneurs is that idea you had, that vision, that, you know, that, that image of what that lifestyle was going to look like gets met by the harsh reality of you've got a business that's overwhelming you, that's consuming you. You have no time to, to spend on family or the things that you want to do. It's all about the business. And, and so it's that speaking to the fact that once I begin to get control and traction with that control with systems and tools, then that's that healthy part where I can start to have a balance in life. Is that fair? Uh, yes, absolutely. And so organizations of any size um, can certainly do what we call hit the ceiling, where all of a sudden what you've been doing just isn't working anymore. So mm-hmm. you have to revisit sometimes the model for us, which is, you know, people process data issues. You have to revisit those kind of key components so that you can get traction on your business and, and achieve your vision. And so sometimes you might be doing running along just fine. You have plenty of people, right person, right seat um, on the bus, but then something happens and maybe it's a, a, a change in the marketplace. Maybe it's a change in your product or your, your customer base, or, you know, as we've seen with the pandemic this last year, something changes and you have to go back to the tools into the model, into the process and revisit what do we now need to do? How, how does this now apply to our business? And that can be very difficult to do um, as entrepreneurs is to, uh, to see, do you have the right people at this next stage of, of where you're going to get where you want to go? Um, but EOS, along with other operating systems, kind of provide that grounding, that place to come back to that when the world is a little bit chaotic or things are happening in your world, it's, it's stabilizing. And you mentioned the qualifier earlier that I, I have to be an organization, a business leader, certainly making this decision to, to, to bring in something like EOS. I have to look at it as I'm willing to make that investment and I'm willing to say, I need help to get me to that next level. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely right. So you're going to want to be all in and it starts with 
you know, at the top, it starts with the visionary or the CEO and what is uh, called an integrator that is otherwise sometimes referred to as president or COO or chief of staff. And, and so whether you have one or both, uh, uh, you know, at your current company, but it starts there. So the visionary and the integrator really need to be completely in sync with the vision of where you're headed as an organization and how you're going to get there. Um, and then of course have the right people underneath to also follow with that vision and cascade the operating system, the tools and the process throughout the entire organization. And that's where you really gain that traction because everyone is, is on the same page and until yeah. you get there and get folks completely bought in, it's going to be a struggle to get that traction. Yep, absolutely. And I've seen that, you know, I, I have another client who of course shall remain nameless where they're attempting to implement EOS, but the probability of success in my observation is going to be low because you have a classic situation of an owner who is um, his ego won't get out of the way. And so Mm -hmm. while he's giving lip service to the fact that they're going to do this, he's interfering at the process and not letting go. And, And so that's where I see that any system you try to implement any operating system you try to implement is going to fail if that's the if that's the mentality at the top. Yeah, that's right. Well, and to grow, you've got to do uh, what we call delegate and elevate. And that's mm-hmm. essentially finding out what you really love to do and what you're really great at, or you're at least really good at, and focus all of your unique energy on those tasks, those responsibilities, those initiatives, and the other quadrants where you're not particularly good at it and, or you don't love it. Those are things that other people on the team should be doing, but that can be very hard when you have a founder, uh, a creator that has a hard time letting go of some of those things, even if they're not particularly good at them. And even if they don't like them, but let, but doing so allows you to, to grow and to move into, you know, the next level or next generation of where you want to take the organization. Agreed. All right, let's do a deeper dive here on this, uh, the visionary versus the integrator. I've got some, some, you know, some conflicts on that uh, myself that I'll ask about, but let's start by explaining those two critical roles at the top of an organization. Sure. Well, they're both really key and they're sort of the yin and yang, very different uh, roles, but when put together, create rocket fuel. So how I would describe the visionary is the visionary is the big idea, the big relationship person sees the bigger picture sort of out in the world, looking 100 steps ahead to see how the organization fits into the world. Um, often a very creative problem solver, um, strategic thinker. Uh, my business partner, who's a visionary, Mark O'Donnell, he tinkers in the workshop, like really kind of doing research and development, thinking through new ideas or new ways to, to do things here at EOS. So that that's sort of a visionary. The integrator on the flip side harmoniously integrates the major functions of the organization is leading, managing, and holding accountable the leadership team. The leadership team reports actually to the integrator rather than than the visionary. And the integrator is responsible for executing on the business plan, making sure that communications are bridged across the whole organization, resolving issues effectively. It's kind of the steady uh, beat or cadence of the organization. That's what the integrator makes sure is happening. Keeps the trains running on time, that sort of thing, right? So the visionary defines or sees the future and the vision and the integrator executes on that vision. Mm -hmm. And those, those are the two most critical seats, most critical roles that have to be in place for all of this to work at its best. Is that right? 
Right. Well, yes, the visionary and the integrator being very, not just compatible, but really 100% on the same page is really like a business marriage, truthfully. So you, you really want to be completely in sync on the same page, excited about the future and get into, you know, a pattern of how to work well together. And when that's done really, really well, it truly is like rocket fuel. It's like magic. Um, I've worked with 11 visionaries in all the time that I've been in business and I just love it. I have a passion for working with visionaries. And so every visionary should have their unique and right fit integrator. I wouldn't be the right fit for just any visionary. Um, and so it, it's all about the fit. Do before you came to know about EOS, would you have called yourself a visionary person? Um, I, well, and I consider myself an integrator. I, in hindsight, now looking backwards, you know, as life will sometimes do to us, um, I see now that I was always really attracted to working with visionaries. In other words, my, and my dad, it all stems back from, he was an engineer, but also a business owner. And he taught me at a very early age, he would draw pictures and show me, you know, he would be drawing the vision as what I now realized back then and, and explaining to me what it was. And then we would go figure out how to go execute on it. So from a very early age, I think I was sort of groomed to be an integrator, mm -hmm. but I didn't know it until I became the integrator of this organization. Do you struggle with not being the visionary, which has a lot more, uh, I think, um, appeal maybe uh it sounds uh more exciting i don't know or or have you gotten to a point for you personally where you realize this is your where you excel this is where your superpowers lie yeah and i understand that that's a great question um but i truly love and relish being sort of this number two i just i love working with visionaries i think it's great that mark o'donnell is the face of the company and taking us to the world. And that's great. My unique ability is truly making great things happen and doing it with wonderful people and also just seeing the development of other people. So I've kind of grown into just loving my own unique ability. I didn't quite know even what my unique ability was until mm -hmm. I got here to be candid with you. But, um, but that's the thing is every person needs to find that, that right role. And for those that are like me and love just working intimately with the team every single day. We love to manage and lead others. That's my passion. So you have to be honest with yourself though. It's who are you and what do you really want for yourself? But for me, this is a great fit. Right. But, but for, and that's the challenge though, Kelly, is that a lot of times for entrepreneurs, I know myself mm -hmm. is, you know, I'd like to call myself an entrepreneur. It seems like by default, I should be the visionary. Well, and sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's not though. Sometimes you will see almost two visionaries, you know, leading an organization as I hear implementers tell stories many times, but one of them truly is the integrator. When, if you look at, we actually have a, what's called a crystallizer assessment as part of rocket fuel university. Um, and that really allows you to see as you take that that little quiz, who you really are. Am I truly a visionary or am I more inclined to be an integrator? 5% um, of all visionaries are actually visionary and integrator. So, mm -hmm. um, so that assessment is definitely something I'd recommend. It's completely free, by the way, if you go to rocketfueluniversity.com, you'll see the assessment there, feel free to take it and see if that gets you a little bit closer to knowing who you are. But, um, but yeah, not every, uh, not every leader is a visionary. Right. But, you know, often, I guess where this can pose the biggest challenges in the case of partnerships. You know, so if I'm in a partnership, 
and we both believe we're visionaries. What are your thoughts on how we handle that situation? Right. Well, the question would be better posed probably to our implementers who deal with this on a daily basis, but I think it's just an exercise that one goes through um, to get on the same page with who, who really is the visionary, because really there's one visionary at the top and, you know, there's lots of seats underneath it, but, um, I think it's, you know, in some organizations do function with two visionaries. That's not, not done, but, um, in EOS pure, it's one visionary. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're telling me in as, as delicately as you can, is that's, that's typically doomed for failure. What I have begun to believe is in understanding this approach is it something you have to take in consideration before you start a business if you're thinking about partnering? Yeah, in other words, defining much. these roles up front if possible. Sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, for many organizations, there is just the visionary who also is doing the integrator work as well. They're just doing both seats. And it's at some point when the visionary founder usually, again, hits that ceiling and mm-hmm. they say to themselves, I can't do this, or I don't want to do this anymore. I want help to take over the things that maybe aren't in my unique ability that are more better suited to someone else. And that's when the integrator can come up and and really free that visionary and entrepreneur to be able to go out into the world and do all the things that they really want to spend their time doing. So it's, you know, it's interesting as I, you know, talk with other implementers who do this with leadership teams every single day to see all the different combinations of how it comes to be. But if you follow the process and um, rocket fuel is a great book that can be very clarifying in terms of really defining what is a visionary, what is an integrator, what are the characteristics of each, what does each like to do and how do they work together to be truly on the same page? It, it, it is, um, you know, it's, it's just elevating in an extraordinary way. So if, for you and your situation, something for you to think about so that you're truly feeling like you're spending time doing the things that you love. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's such a the key part of it, right? We, we come, the challenge here with part of this is that we come to entrepreneurship with these preconceived notions or what, you know, we might've read about and we think we're supposed to play this role. And then I think that's the other reason why this is so important. This distinction is if you do feel frustrated or that's a big pressure on you to have to figure out where we're going next and what what are we going to explore, then that could be, again, an indication that you're maybe better suited to play the role of integrator instead of the visionary. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because if you're, you know, if you love digging into PNLs and managing people on a day-to-day basis and, you know, writing communications and orchestrating things, you're probably more of an integrator. If you're someone who is bored by those details or really actually just does not enjoy uh, being a manager, you're seeing bigger pictures and things like that, then you very well may be a visionary. And I always say to anyone who thinks about being an integrator, please don't become one if you don't love managing people. Mm-hmm. So it, it really truly is getting real with yourself, being open and honest and vulnerable with yourself as you're looking at, um, you know, what you really love again, what you love to do and what you're great at. And sometimes it's a journey. You might not figure that out over time. So I encourage anyone who's listening, um, that, you know, in some cases, maybe you're better suited to be the integrator and have another partner that can do the visionary work for you. Um, it's more often that a visionary is seeking an integrator, 
But in my case, uh, you know, interestingly enough, it can go the other way around because sure. when Gino and Don sold the business, Mike Payton was in the visionary seat at the time. He was also a certified EOS implementer, but decided a year later that he wanted to go back and do that full time. So then here I am an integrator <laughs> running EOS worldwide and looking for my visionary counterpart. So there's all different combinations of ways that you can solve that problem. But I can tell you that having a visionary integrator at the helm um, is just the most incredible structure I've ever seen. And, you know, almost 25 years of being in business and it's, it's ideal. Not everybody can get there um, or it takes time to get there, to have the, um, the, the capacity and, and the investment into an integrator to support you as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right. I want to dive in a little bit deeper into, you know, the three parts of it uh, that you mentioned, the vision, the traction, and then healthy in, in my opinion and observation and experience, the developing of systems and even the vision part is relatively easier than the keeping it going, that, that getting that traction within the organization, especially if you beforehand did not have the right culture in place. Maybe you're moving people around from seats, and so that's creating a lot of disruption. It seems to me like that getting that traction of the culture, like you guys talk about the trust, the communication, the accountability, that is what I've observed is the key to somebody long-term succeeding with implementing EOS or any other operating system. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, to become more disciplined and accountable, the tools like a scorecard is an example mm -hmm. um, that you might use in your weekly meeting it's a way to get really clear that there's measurables that are attached to, you know, there's an owner for every single one of them. And so you can have a good lens on the business looking at different, you know, whether you're a sales organization or, or whatnot, you can be looking at these key measurables and knowing exactly there's one singular person that you're looking to, to say why something is on track or off track and dropping it down and making it an issue when it's not on track. And you can really look at, at the trends over say a 12 week period of time in a quarter. So if you've never had anything like that, that's a simple one page set of measurables that you can reliably be looking at every single week, it's, it's a game changer when you implement even just that one tool that one tool that you can then um, lean on. And so it, for me, because again, I didn't, you asked a really great question. I didn't come from the world of EOS. And I thought I sort of had a lot of things figured out when I got <laughs> here. And then I realized, wow, this is so simple. It's not always easy. Business isn't easy, but the tools being so simple made it incredibly um, efficient to just jump in and learn EOS and realize the power in the simplicity um, rather than the complexity of the world that we live in. And so, yeah, so the, the traction piece of it is just trusting in your team and trusting in the tools and trusting in the process of EOS to use it reliably. And then you will see the results over time. And uh, it's kind of like uh, in January, I set off to do this hike, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks to Mount Whitney in California. And oh, wow. I will tell you the last year of being in COVID, I was not taking the best care of myself mm -hmm. with physical activity and exercise and all of that. And so the hardest part for me was putting my shoes on, mm -hmm. um, to get going and get started and follow the program to be ready to climb Mount Whitney now, nine months later. Um, and so EOS is a little bit like that. You just kind of have to get going and it's not always easy, 
but having, um, you know, whether you're self-implementing by having read traction, the book, or whether you're working with a professionally trained US implementer in either case, just stick with it. Just keep going. It will yeah. get better and better and better. And leadership has to set that tone. That's the cultural part. And then it's like with any other organization, everybody on your team is going to watch to see what you're signaling. Are you really using the tool? Are you really following the process? And you're always learning like a client I just have, they just had another meeting with their implementer. They hadn't done so in a while and kind of refreshed on something. So you need that, but it's, it's at the top. Are you bought in? And then are you consistently trying to develop these business habits to use the system, to use the methodology, to use the tools? That's right. Well, and using the tools to call out when we ourselves as leaders are very imperfect in a very mm -hmm. vulnerable and open way too. So I'm dropping down some of my own measurables to, to, to be held accountable to the team too. Right. And, um, and so when you lead in that fashion, others are watching, whether you know, they're watching you day in and day out, they are, and then cascading that throughout the organization and um, it's progress, not perfection. So it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay that you're not perfect with EOS in a certain week, just get back up on your feet and keep going and realizing that it really just is one step at a time, but you'll be better and stronger and healthier um, by just having the courage to do something new. Cause it's not, it's not easy to take on a new system, so any system. It's not easy. And sometimes it's counterintuitive even, you know, it's certainly not the way we've done business before. Right. Well, it's a little bit like when you hire a key person to your team, it takes time to invest in them and to cultivate them and to help them become their best. It's an investment of time and some dollars into EOS to really get the fruit of those efforts. And upfront, it can feel like it maybe is more work than it is helpful, but pretty yeah. soon you begin to see that, oh, this really it's so simple. How can it possibly work? But that's the beauty behind it is that it's in the simplicity, but it's just getting started. Yeah, it's the same thing that can be said about learning to be an, an organization that delegates, especially at the top, you know, that takes time. It takes practice. It takes trust. I think it, it requires an organization that's willing to have a level of transparency as well. If that's, if you're not willing to make that shift, if you've been an organization that was very top down heavy and doesn't share those metrics or KPIs, this is going to be a struggle. Right. Well, and something else that we do is what we call state of the company. So of course we run week in and week out using and relying upon EOS tools, but every quarter we gather together both with our community of implementers, but then also with our team members here at EOS worldwide. And it's where we recap where we've been, where we are and where we're going. And one of the tools that we have is called the vision traction organizer. It's mini business plan, if you will. One side is, is the vision where you're going, your core values and your core focus and your core target, and then your three-year picture and your marketing strategy. And then on the back side of it is all the traction for how you get there, your one-year goals and your quarterly rocks and things like that. And so we are completely open and honest in sharing all of that to include our financials for the organization with our teams here at EOS worldwide, because they deserve to see everything that we see um, as they are important and integral into us achieving our vision and tying their rocks to departmental rocks. And those departmental rocks get attached to the company rocks so that they can see the impact that they're making in their own way toward where we're, we're going. And so yeah. it's, you know, I always think it's so important to take that time to recap that and to share all that information. 
Absolutely. And we've been talking about mentioning this term EOS implementer. Can you introduce uh, who those people are? Yeah. So, so our ideal or target market implementers, those that we seek to join us and those that are part of our, our community today are, are successful abundance-minded entrepreneurs themselves who share our passion and core values here at EOS. And they re- really themselves want to experience the EOS life by mastering EOS implementations instead of creating their own thing and doing bits and pieces work. So implementers are themselves very successful business people, entrepreneurs, maybe had their own company, sold it, or were an instrumental role within an entrepreneurial organization. And they just love teaching, facilitating, and guiding leadership teams and, and entrepreneurs to live their ideal lives. That's who we attract and that's who is in our community today. And and they're independent. They don't work for EOS. Independent. Worldwide. They're completely independent. We, we um, just within, uh, since the beginning of the year, have actually moved from a membership model into a franchise model, which was um, one of the best things that we could do because we're taking 700 implementer brands that are individual and unique, but really garnering everybody together under one brand now, which is the EOS brand. So that's right. So explain that a little bit more to me because that term franchising, of course, can mean a lot of different things, but so what will this look like now under the franchise model to be an EOS implementer? Sure. So, so essentially not a lot changes implementers and their clients still work together the same way. It has not changed the implementer economic model or anything like that. It's really just, we, we decided that in order to achieve our core target here at EOS worldwide of 100,000 companies running on EOS by 2030, with the aid of a professionally trained EOS implementer, we needed to move to a more scalable and supportive model. And we came to that realization because we really wanted to best serve implementers and their clients but we couldn't do that unless we became a franchise. And part of that is just a legal thing. So there's a three point legal test for franchise. Mm -hmm. So if you have IP or intellectual property that you're licensing and that IP is attached to a business model and you, you use it with a fee, you put it out to the world for a fee and you're providing support and marketing resources and branding for that group of humans, you're really considered legally a franchise. And so what we've learned over time, Henry, is that we want more and more and more to give our implementers the marketing resources and the brand support and all kinds of things that we couldn't do if we didn't get to the right kind of model that allowed us to do that and to do it. So it really was the best and only path forward. Um, Franchise allows us to most consistently and reliably deliver EOS to the world. So you're going to have a higher quality implementer overall now as well, because you have a lot more control over how an implementer does it and, and whether they can continue to do so. That's right. So it's the consistency, you know, the world wants EOS in its purest form. We know that. Um, and so what franchise allows us to do is to, to keep those standards really high. And my, my 2am obsession, Henry is making (laughs) sure that we're delivering the highest quality care and concern to our implementer community and also to their clients. Why is it so important? You mentioned, you know, hundred thousand companies using an EOS implementer. You said that purposefully, that's got to mean that higher, significantly higher success rate of implementing EOS when you use an EOS implementer. Right. We celebrate 
anyone implementing and using EOS anywhere in the world, whether it be by reading the books or downloading tools or working with an implementer. So definitely hear me say that, but we definitely see the advantages of those that are able to and can afford to work with a professionally trained US implementer because that um, consistency, reliability of the process and their insights and facilitation and kind of just holding the team accountable and calling out issues and sort of being this independent third party that can really um, make a difference to an entrepreneur and a leadership team who otherwise might not get that by not having that person that's, that's sort of not on the leadership team. So to be really clear, the difference with implementers and consultants is consultants will get into the business, roll up their sleeves and actually do the work with right. the team. And implementers don't do this. They, they really help entrepreneurs and their teams to seek out the right answers. It's more like a coach model. role than a consultant might. Do. That's right. Yeah, you got okay. it. Uh, if I'm thinking about something like EOS or EOS specifically, implementing it. Where do you suggest people start? Well, a great place to go with a ton of resources is just visiting our website. So usworldwide.com. You'll see in the main menu, there's um, tools and resources and events and all kinds of things um, that you can, can check out there. We've got our toolbox with 20 tools in it. You can download those. They're 100% free. And there's lots of uh, blogs and clarity breaks and uh, readable information also on our website beyond the site. If you haven't already picked up the book Traction, as you said, it's one of the best business books ever written, uh, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere where you uh, like to frequent to pick up your books. And it's also on Audible too. Wonderful. Speaking of books, other than the many uh, EOS-related books, we mentioned Traction, Rocket Fuel, you mentioned Get a Grip, we didn't talk about yet, um, but I'll mention that one. Entrepreneurial Leap, of course, is Gino's personal latest, latest book. And then you mentioned Life, EOS Life, which is coming out when you said? Uh, September 21st. Okay. So here, it. this episode will get released here in the next couple of weeks. So by the time this, you hear this episode should be out or about to come out, EOS Life. That's by Gino as well, right? It is Gino Wickman. Great. Is there another book that comes to mind that you would recommend? So the book I recommend, it's not an EOS book, and it's one that many people haven't heard of, but I love it. It's called Contagious Culture. It's by a woman by the name of Anise Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh with a C. And uh, it's great. It's, it's a lot about showing up. It's how you show up with intentional energetic presence. She calls it IEP. And uh, it's all about wherever you go, whatever forum you're a part of, whether it's a podcast or a small team meeting or one-on-one, -on -one, it's showing up the way that you want to in the world and how you do that and how you can reset yourself sometimes when you're not in the right frame of mind to do what needs to be done that day. I love that because it ties so much to what we've talked about at the beginning that people come to something like EOS because in a lot of cases, not always, but in a lot of cases, they're desperate. This isn't the lifestyle they imagine for themselves. They're overwhelmed. And, and so they're showing up that way and the business starts to take that on. And mm -hmm. so I can see where it applies to that, that then it becomes this contagious, contagious thing in the culture, which as we've talked about is so critical to implementing anything, certainly EOS. Yes, that's right. It's right. And so it's a book I go back to time and time again. It's one of those that sort of dog-eared and has post-it notes in it. So hopefully <laughs> your, some of your readers will try it and uh, let me know what you think. What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation that we had, Kelly, about, um, you know,
you know, EOS, but the broader topic of the need for a system like EOS to help us get our business to the next level and to enjoy, you know, what we, the reason that we set out to become entrepreneurs for most of us, what's one thing you want us to take away? Um, well, the one thing I'd love you to take away is just that you deserve it. You deserve to have your best life and to get what you want out of your business. And so just start by taking one small step, whether it's just reading a book like traction to get started and just take one step at a time. Um, nothing has to be accomplished overnight as ambitious and excited as I know entrepreneurs and visionaries are since I've worked with so many of them. Um, it doesn't have to happen overnight, but just that one small step to move you forward and make that change is where I recommend getting started. I love that because you're right. You're, you're not going to, if you are in that situation, you're not going to solve that overnight or the next month or the next year even. But what I have found, Kelly, and this applies to most things in life, that as long as I feel like I'm on the path, I'm taking the right steps, I'm taking that positive action, that alone does such a tremendous amount to change your attitude and your perspective on things because you can see you know, that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel sometimes just by starting to take those action steps. That's right. It's, it's momentum building, but you know, it's getting started as you've so well articulated that is the hardest. So have the courage. Um, I know when you're frustrated, um, you don't know what the next step is. It's just taking that one step. And there's so many resources that can help you out in the world, not just at EOS, but find a system that feels compatible with who you are, that has the core values and cultural feel that you can grow with for a long time because, um, oh gosh, Gino has clients that he's had for 20 years who just love him. And it's, it's, it's really a relationship that you have if you're working with an implementer, but also just, knowing that so many others that have been in your shoes have taken that first step and that it will be okay. Yeah. Great point. I right, tell us again, where you want us to go online to learn more. Yeah. So, uh, online eosworldwide.com and we're on all the social channels. So check us out there and subscribe. We post all kinds of blogs and interesting content and also, um, check us out on podcasts. We'll be launching, the EOS life podcast and the host will be none other than our visionary Mark O'Donnell. So that will be wherever you find podcasts. And then Mark, and then also in addition to Mark's podcast for the EOS life, we have the EOS leader that the host is Mike Payton, our prior visionary that stepped down right before Mark came in. Excellent. Thanks for sharing all those resources. We'll have links to all of that on the show notes page as well at the Howl of Business. Kelly, thanks for joining me. Thanks for this great conversation and indulging all of my questions. I appreciate you being with me today. Oh, it was great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me on this episode of the Howl of Business. My guest today, again, was Kelly Knight. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.